When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mrs. B's clearance and outlet is all new, combining legendary value with a fresh attitude. Shop one-of-a-kind finds in today's must-have trends. Explore wall-to-wall deals, furniture, flooring, mattresses, home accents, grills, patio sets, and more. Discover great new home decor, pillows, greenery, and more. There's something perfect for your style and budget. There's new inventory every day at up to 80% off suggested retail. Discover the style and savings of the new Mrs. B's clearance and outlet. Hello and welcome to episode 96 of Podorumia. Well, uh, yeah, so I'll be talking to Sean Finnerty in a minute. I called him up in, in um, he was in Florida when I called him up. Um... But what's been going on in my life? I'll tell you what, I've been on a, a Facebook page called Alternative View Ireland. Uh, if you haven't heard of it, it's where all the far-right racists, Irish racists, go to uh, complain, well, just read stuff about uh, how nasty immigrants are, according to this page. And uh, I did a like I wrote a review of it and it really annoyed these people find it up find it for you now well anyway if you haven't gone on it's a it's kind of an annoying page because uh, uh, some nasty people on this page they would put up like they had like a photo of some migrants who registered to vote in Cork it was an article in the uh, Cork Examiner and then they just put that up and then there'll be comments like really horrible comments like people saying scum and disgusting like it's nasty stuff um so i put up a uh, review of it of the page in general saying it's an echo chamber where a bunch of self-loathing, naive underachievers are drip-fed stories to make them feel outraged at the loss of some imaginary world where presumably everything would have went well for them if it wasn't quite for the foreigners. If it wasn't for the foreigners. Sorry, not quite. So, um, the comments then are just, like, n- there's no debate around and so they'd be just like, nasty, you know, uh, Suck a dick, sodomite, was one comment. Yeah. Uh, that was John Cullen, a fellow. And then a fellow called Stefan O'Darlig, a fellow with an Irish name. But in fact, he put up stuff where he was, um, he said at one point, it'd be better if the British ruled us rather than the left wing. But he's called Stefan O'Darlig. He, he said about me, tool and a self-righteous one of that. Not just an ordinary tool, I'm a self-righteous one. And one guy just said, who the fuck is this? C-word. So not not great on the L arguments there. 
and then they use memes a lot you know memes is just like a picture with a like memes are so stupid like you know a photo of something and then a a, a slogan on it i mean memes are just like years ago they used to be posters before there was an internet you'd buy posters with like a chimp or something sitting on a toilet and then there'd be a, a phrase on it like oh Monday again or something I don't you know it'd be like stupid shit I hate them and um, but these people use these stupid things to contribute to a debate as if now that showed you Uh, so there was a thing I put up uh, about uh, just a video of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and this guy, obviously, far-right fellow, wouldn't like that, you know. Uh, oh, no. He came on my page and he said, uh, uh, she has the mental capacity of a squashed apricot. This is the kind of argument these people put up. And and so, you know, I say, you know, uh, thankfully of little to fear from the fascist right, if this is the best they can muster. And he goes, thank God we don't have to worry about the authoritarian left. Authoritarian left, which is bullshit. If AOC is the best they can muster, and I go, great. Okay, we're both happy, so. And then he finishes this little um, uh, conversation with a meme that doesn't make any sense. It just says, mice die in mouse traps because they do not understand why the cheese is free. The same thing happens with socialism. What the fuck does that mean? Do you know, like, what? You go, what does the mouse represent? What's the cheese? What's the trap? Is the mouse... It doesn't mean anything, but it sounds like it might mean something. And, um, and what else did I do? I got my car insured after a long... Who, how, trying to get and refuse? Because I don't know if you're in the entertainment industry. Some companies won't insure you for no, for for what reason? They don't give you any statistics. As if uh, uh, people in the entertainment industry have a higher claim rate, right? Like that. I know a lot. I only know one comedian's been in a car crash in the last twenty years, and it wasn't his fault. He was hit by a drunken driver, and it was seven o'clock in the evening. But anyway, I got that sorted. But the insure car insurance companies, they should be. If they say, oh, yeah, we can't insure you because of your job, they should be made, provide statistics to back that up. So if they go, you're a comedian, that's too high risk, we don't insure comedians, they should be made to give... Uh, they have actuaries working for the insurance company, I would presume, so they should be made to provide these statistics to show that uh, comedians are so high risk they shouldn't, they can't be insured, but they don't do, they're not, they're not made to do that. Uh, so uh, that's uh, what else I've done. I've been doing a few gigs. I did. I uh, got some nice suits in Galway. I was down there in the Roshan Dove doing a couple of gigs with Pat McDonald. Sold out, brilliant gigs, and got some suits in Suit Republic in Galway, and uh, they are amazing. They've got some class suits down there. If you're in Galway, or if you live in Galway, Suit Republic. Yeah, and then myself and Patrick been doing gigs with a new show called Culture Warriors. Started in the Viking, and uh, we're going to be doing more in the Viking. Clontarf did it last weekend, brilliant. It's going to be going good. We're still writing, we're writing as we go, but uh, we've got we've got a start on it, and it's good. Doing sketches, brilliant. Yeah, so here we go. 
Here we go. This is Sean Finnerty, the only Irish comedian to have appeared on Jimmy Fallon. He's from Longford. This is him. Yeah, we're okay. So, how's the crack? I'm not too bad at all, man. Yeah, I'm actually in Florida at the minute. Oh, are you? Are you gigging down there? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I got three weeks, uh, three weeks of gigs lined up in Florida before I move out to LA. All right, cool, cool. Nice one. Um, so, um, Sean, I'm just going to try and talk to you, know, find out how things started with you. Like, where, where did you grow up in Ireland? I grew up in Longford, just, just outside Longford town. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. Grew up in Longford. Went to school there, and then from there, I went on to the college in Limerick. Oh yeah, and so uh, did you grow up like in the countryside, like or is a farming background or anything like that? Uh, not farming. Both my parents were teachers, actually. Um, yeah, they were both both teachers, but grew up in in a fairly yeah fairly rural Midlands. Just not not a lot not a lot going on, but the Gaelic football, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, because some of the st- stuff you talked about there, I mean, you put up a post there talking about working in a factory and all this and how far you've come, which is amazing. But we'll get to that later. But uh, like, did you, you, you went from school straight to college, did you? Yeah, so what I did, yeah, I did. I went to uh, primary school in the school my dad taught in, in a place called Newton Cashel. All right. And then... Uh, yeah, secondary school, I, I switched. I went to St. Mel's College, and then I went to a place called Ballyman, which would be the very south uh, county Longford, where my mom actually taught. And I think the reason I initially didn't go there was because I didn't want to go to a second school where I had a parent teaching there. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I had enough of that the first time around, but then I ended up making the switch to do a transition here. Yeah, so school in, school in Longford, played uh, Gaelic football, played a good bit of soccer with uh, with underage with Longford Town and stuff and uh, oh, really, yeah 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 played with played with their youth setup and then once I hit uh, once I hit 18 once I finished school I went off to the University of Limerick for college studying uh, business because it was uh, broad enough that I felt like I didn't have to make a decision <laughs> okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you didn't really, yeah, right. you, it wasn't the arts you went for anyway no, no. You know what it was? I, I, I actually, my sister, believe it or not, all three of us went to the University of Limerick. My oldest sister and my younger brother. And I think it was just like a, a chain reaction. Now, my mom does a family in Limerick, but there was nothing really drawn us there mm. aside from uh, my sister. I think she missed out on a course in UCD and ended up going to Limerick. And then I went to the visitor there with a few friends. I was like, this place is mad crack altogether. <laughs> yeah, 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 so yeah, just, yeah. just basically off a, off a, a couple of days of underage drinking, I was like, "That's where my future lies." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was the crack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. College for the crack. And sure, Limerick. Yeah. Limerick is good enough city. I know Pat Short went to. Well, he's he he's from Thorless. He went to college there. And yeah. I said he had yeah. Good crack there. But uh, so when you came out, then what did you do? No, so I basically, came out of college. I, 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 I'm oh, <laughs> I was gonna say breaking news on the Potteroonie. Finnerty's gay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know, yeah. 
Not at all. No, yeah, yeah. no, the only the only thing wrong wrong with it is I didn't get to break the scoop myself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah. yeah, but that's what I do oh, on this boy. podcast. I just break news uh, on behalf. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I so, right. So I finished up in uh, I finished up in Limerick. Didn't really know what I wanted to do with myself. So I uh, I moved over to New York on a J one, and then I was kind. I started working in bars over there, and I was I was back and forth a little bit. I went to. London for a couple of months, then back to New York, and didn't really. I'd, I'd been thinking about doing uh, stand-up comedy for like a year or two at this point, right. and just never really knew how to get into it, you know. Mm. And uh, yeah, so I ended up. <laughs> what happened was, me and a friend of mine in New York uh, quit our jobs, uh, bought a van, went on a road trip, broke down outside Orlando, and I moved there for three and a half years. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just, you know, wherever the van breaks down, sure, yeah. I guess that's where I live now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and three weeks after I moved there, I started doing stand-up. All right, cool. So you never, yeah. did, it, you never did it in Ireland at all? Uh, it, it started in America, yeah? So Started in America, yeah. I've, I've been back since, but yeah, the majority, if I've done... Oh, yeah, if no, I've I, done, uh, I know you've been yeah, back, you did yeah. the electric painting. Oh, you did a gig in Limerick there only a while ago as well, yeah? That's right, yeah. Me and Colin Tyrrell did the tour there. We did we did four shows over the Christmas. But yeah, I'd say I've done maybe maybe thirty gigs in Ireland as opposed to however many thousand in America, you know. Yeah. Um so like you started off obviously doing open spots in, yeah. in Orlando. So, yeah, I started off I I I'm actually back in Orlando right now because I have I still have a lot of friends down around here, so that's where I'm based out of, at the minute and i'm just uh just for three weeks touring around the state of florida but yeah i started in orlando which everyone it seems like such a strange move to people because i was in living in new york which is the mecca of stand-up comedy and i decided to move to orlando and start it you know but um yeah. there wasn't really any i just didn't know how to get into it in new york you know i didn't i, I was working in bars i was working a lot of nights i didn't have a lot of free time and I just didn't know how to start. And as soon as I got to Orlando, I got chatting to a guy who was like, oh, my friend does stand-up comedy. So I like had an in. That was my big thing is I just didn't know how to get into it. You yeah, know? Yeah. But also in New York, would you not think there's an awful lot of people who want to do stand-up? And it's like, um, yeah, yeah. I have all that uh, thing where you have to bring five friends with you and there's a drinks min- minimum. Not right. The drinks minimum is yeah. going to be affect Irish people. but uh, No, no, no. There's, you know what it is as well I don't know how many comedians there are in New York but I know for a fact there's at least 10,000 too many right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean it, yeah. it's, oh, it's crazy there you know and yeah there is there's stuff like that the drink minimums and there's you know there's a bring yeah bring 10 friends and all that but that's more for that's more for people that's trickery for people who are looking for shortcuts I think anybody who's realistic about stand up comedy in New York just goes out and starts hitting the mics, and and you know, and and eventually starts to come up in a class. You know, they they see their class around them, the people who are coming up at the same time, and you just keep working at it and progressing. And you know, you you quit or you die. Yeah, okay, <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. So you but you can you do know? that in New York. So you can just go to clubs and put your name down for an open spot. And how long would you have to wait then to get a gig? Well, so from my experience in New York, basically, you know, you go through the, the open mic thing or whatever, and then the clubs, what they'll do is they'll do the, the bringer shows, as we mentioned. For Sometimes if you're just showing up to open mics or whatever, 
you can throw your name in a bucket and you could be sitting there for two hours, two and a half hours before your name gets drawn, you know? All right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's a lot of a lot of waiting around and and watching bad comedy, and uh, also a lot of watching decent comedy, but just not having the energy to appreciate it because they're only performing for other comics who don't give a shit and just want to <laughs> yeah. get. They just want to get up and do their four minutes and get out of there, you know. So they're not the the easiest of audiences. But I think the longer you're in New York, the more you kind of get used to it, and the more you like, you start getting booked on bar shows, and you get a couple of you know, spots here and there, clubs and stuff, and you, you know, you kind of navigate your way through it. But it's certainly landing there at first. It, it, you can really, you can really waste a lot of time just figuring out what you're doing. You know, right, yeah, yeah. Like I blindly, when I got there first, just stuck the head down and hit as many mics as possible, and I realized, well, I'm not really. I'm just. If you do that too long, that's all you do. You know, if you get stuck in that mm. that pitfall of just doing open mics, does not. You know, you don't. That's all you're. That's all you're gonna do unless you find a way to get out of it and start like getting booked on shows and traveling outside the city and just doing more in general. You know. Right. Yeah. And and if so, as as you said, you started off in Orlando. Is that similar? Yeah. Similar scene where you just have to. Is there no, Orlando. No, no. Orlando is a dream place to start. I love. I love the city of Orlando. I love that I started comedy there. Mm. Orlando. <laughs> I think I was five weeks in and I got a guest spot at a comedy club. Wow, that's pretty, yeah. Five, week, five weeks into comedy, I did, I did five minutes, I had ten seconds, you know, that sort of way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I had one joke that worked, uh, and it was a one-liner, and everything else you could, you could throw in, a, in, a, in an old bin and set it on fire. <laughs> okay. uh, but I pr- presume you used your Irish charm, as they say over there. Yeah, I le- I leaned awful I leaned awful heavy on that at first, <laughs> and uh, it it was just like ah, do you know, here's Ireland and here's over here, you know, and man, we're different, aren't we? You know, yeah. and then I think I was like a couple of months in, and one of my uh, one of my good friends, uh, uh, Nick Poopo is his name. Uh, he said to me, he goes, Sean, you know that as soon as people hear you talking, they know you're Irish. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not everything you do has to, I was like, ah, that's a good point. And it was a very good tip to get just so early into comedy, you know, yeah. over here, because it's, 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 it's this, it's the strange balance where I have a uniqueness and a unique perspective over here as an Irish comedian in America. But, that shouldn't be my only, fo- you know what I mean? I should yeah, be yeah. focusing on, on writing good material, not being Irish. And then it's funny, once you do that and you learn how to, to structure and to write jokes, now all of a sudden years go by and you get to the point where the industry might be looking at you and they're kind of like, yeah, but why aren't you doing the thing that makes you stand out? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly a, a dynamic that you have to navigate your way through, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um. So then, so if you if you start in Orlando and then you've moved out, of, uh, say to New York, so it, it's is that like starting all over again? Then it's not like it's such a vast country. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's completely starting all over again because right. like by the time I left Orlando, I was headlining for comedy clubs down here, so I was doing like forty five minute sets pretty yeah. regularly, you know. Um. I, I got the thing about Florida too is uh, if if people like you there's there's a very good opportunity to move up really quick you know the rooms are what they are and the pay is what it is but the opportunity to move up is there so I started emceeing maybe like 
nine months into comedy, I was emceeing at comedy clubs. Then I got a house MC spot really early. So I was going up and doing 20 minutes in front of a comedy club audience like twice, twice a weekend, once, twice a weekend, every weekend. Wow. And I was learning, you know, I learned that's where I learned how to like talk to the crowd and interact and, and, and do all of that side of it. And then all of a sudden, a year and a half in, I'm featuring. So now I'm doing 25 minute sets in front of audiences. And I really didn't have a good 25 minutes. I had maybe a solid 15 but because I'd learned the crowd work skill, yeah. I was able to mess with the crowd and, and fluff the time a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I'm two and a half years in, three years in, and now I'm doing 45-minute sets, and I've got maybe 25 minutes of material. So it's just a <laughs> rinse and repeat, the same thing. I'm constantly, I was constantly trying to catch up and fill time here, you know? Right, okay. And, uh, and you're still in Orlando. And so then what, what uh, you, did you move to New York then after that? I mean, like, just like if you stayed in florida you're not going to move up the ladder in a way are you or could you just be like a big fish in a small pond but it's kind of a trap big absolutely big fish in a small pond uh small you're pond never gonna there's no twi five times the size of ireland but still yeah 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 i think yeah yeah, yeah the, the state is at least yeah it's at least one and a half times the size of ireland and a population wise who knows but yeah, yeah. yeah it's small pond absolutely in the sense that you know, there's very few people are getting noticed in Orlando or in Florida. You know, you have to mm. be New York or L.A. Realistically, New York or L.A. I've, I've heard, you know, you hear stories of things happening for people in somebody like maybe Atlanta or Chicago. But Florida is, is is off the radar, which is good and bad. It's good from the point of view of you can really take your time. If, you, if you've got a good work ethic, you can take your time and build an act and really become a strong act down here and then make the move. But mm. the idea is if you're really pursuing this to, to become big in the industry, mm. you're going to have to make the move eventually. So how long do you want to delay it then? Because once you get to New York or LA, you're going to feel like shit about your act immediately. Yeah. Cause you're going to go up at these mics and these shows and you're going to be like, ah, this is great. I'll do some A material in the bag. And then all of a sudden the first show, where an LA or a New York audience doesn't give a shit about you, you're immediately like, well, I've wasted my time. <laughs> you yeah. Know? So, so it's just starting at the bottom again. Although, you know, yeah. you, you, you've probably, the experience is great. And so you went to New York and that's, so then how do you get out of the open mic circuit? Like, is it networking with other comedians? Is trying to get on the road I, a bit more? I think it's a lot of things. I always see, the good thing that I always had was I always had the road. Because through through what I did in in the southeast down in Florida and, and throughout the southeast and and even a little further afield, I had built up a network. I'd done festivals. I knew people. I tra I traveled. I had Irish festivals that I used to perform at over here. So I always had the road to kind of escape New York in a way, you know. Yeah. Where where which is I I think for me it was crucial being in New York and having the road because. You're working at stuff in New York and you're going out and you're doing mics and you're getting tepid responses because it's just comedians. And then you're getting booked on some shows and, you know, some of them are going well. And every so often you have a night where you're like, ah, that was a great one. I think I'm heading in the right direction. Mm. But in general, it's kind of tough. Mm. But then when you get out on the road, that's where you get to see your progress as a comedian. You know, you get to see, oh, I really am. This is working. I'm building shops in New York and now I'm going out here and I'm doing way better than when I moved here, you know? Right, yeah. Um so and so well, like is is the uh comedy scene like thriving in america like could you you could 
probably travel for years on, in America, or is that like you hear stories anyway that it was really big back when uh, I think uh, you know when Louis C.K. was starting out, he talks about how amazing the scene was, and then it went through a dip. Um, yeah, uh, and is it building back up again now? Or? I think um, I think it's it, comedy is at a strange time. I think maybe. Um, like Louis, like Louis, for example, would talk about how he would bounce around New York and do X amount of spots and make five hundred dollars a night in New so York. Like going around on a moped or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I think that it was so. The game was so different back then because you're first of all there were hardly any comedians, you know. There, yeah. Like it really, it re, like that now compared to then, you'll never see those days again because the market is so oversaturated now. Like for example. Of all the comedy clubs in New York City, why they like they don't really have any motivation to to find you know guys like me will say who haven't really done a lot of TV stuff when it's like they have their pick of people in the city who've who've done everything you know. Yeah, I know, and uh, it's it's the same over here. I'd say, and in London, it, there's just thousands of acts. And yeah, and when I started out, <laughs> I was like. No, there wasn't that many. Now, and I don't know, but I, the weird thing about it is, I have to say, I don't think the quality's gone up. The, the fact that there's thousands doesn't mean... It doesn't seem mm, yeah. oh, that there's loads of really quality comedians. Out. I think I think the best way to put it is there's probably more on every on every level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... At the at the bottom, there's far more than there ever was before in terms of lack of talent, <laughs> you say. Yeah. And you know, as you work your way up, there's just there's just more on every level. But it's not necessarily uh, like I I would say I would argue that Ireland, uh, in terms of the very uh, bottom of the of the talent pool in Ireland, I would say that people get get better quicker in Ireland. We say an Irish act. Over the first ten minutes, they'll build ten minutes quicker than an American act. I think. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I just see the bottom doesn't seem to be as, as, as bad as it is over in America for some reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Over here, man. I guess it's just maybe it's kind of like the kind of people who are drawn to it over here. Like this country is so vast mm. that you wouldn't know people's uh, reasons for getting into comedy, and some of them it might just be like. In a lot of cases, just like I've never had friends. Let me try this thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> I need therapy, but I can't afford it. So, yeah, um, yeah. And so, were you like, were you working? Like, were you professional? Like, when you moved to New York, or were you working in in uh, Orlando as well as doing stand up? Yeah, I was actually full time. I was full time oh. doing comedy when I moved moved to uh, to New York. Yeah, I was three and a half years in, and I was full. I'd full time for about eight months, I'd say. And, uh, yeah, I booked, I basically was headlining some rooms, you know, middling other rooms. And, uh, I had some Irish festivals I was doing and I was just like, you know, Florida was a lot, you know, more reasonable to live in, but yeah, I was, you know, keeping, keeping the head above water, you know, and, and, and yeah. doing it full time. And then that stopped when I moved to New York, kind of, uh, New York, once I got to New York, it was, it was, you know, the rent goes up, the cost yeah. of living goes up. That now I'm further away from all the the regular gigs that were paying my bills, so travel expenses go up, and uh, yeah, I ended up. Uh, I I would say out of the three years I was in New York, probably half of that time 
I was just doing comedy and the other half I was either working in working in bars or I picked up a job at a moving company for a bit or just doing yeah. uh, you know bits and pieces you know yeah and did you uh, get involved with the Irish community as well would you have done gigs in the Irish community as a, a some yeah. some but like not really in not really in New York yeah. um and any Irish gigs because I oh well I did the Kansas City festival with you but you did yeah. other Irish festivals as well yeah I did, but any of that stuff I got, I was kind of, I was do, you know, paving my own way with, you know, like nobody was, no, nobody reached out to me. I never really felt like much of a sense of, oh, Irish community around. Like I, I found a list of every Irish festival in America, and I emailed every single one of them, and out of all of the festivals I emailed the first year. I think maybe three or four got back and booked me and then I just kind of went from there a little bit but you know they're, they're not they're fun yeah. but they're not good gigs you uh, know no yeah they're very conservative like, audience aren't they I think yeah well you see a lot of where you're going is just kind of uh like for for example one of them that I did and it was a lot of fun great really fun festival but it was called the Irish American Festival right mm. but I'll tell you this then it was in a town called Frankfurt <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. right, and where the population is like ninety percent Italian American. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I was walking around the grounds of the festival, and there were like uh, uh, kubasa stands, which is like Polish sausage and stuff. Yeah. So they didn't really, but at least they put American in the title. They were like, "This is how we do it," <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, now drink your scotch or whatever that Irish thing is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Oh yeah, because so uh, I, I did one uh, in Milwaukee, or I did the Milwaukee Festival, but there's also another one uh, in a place called La Crosse, and uh, it's near Milwaukee. Anyway, and uh, it's in Wisconsin as well. But um, okay, uh, like it's weird, yeah, because they had a lot of stuff that was very Scottish, like they were tossing the cable and people going around yeah. in kilts and uh, yeah, the Highland Games. They all seem to just throw that stuff in there. Yeah, that was the yeah. same with the one I was at in Frankfurt. It's just like right. ah, sure, you know. <laughs> we meant to call it the 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 old Great British Festival, but <laughs> I, Irish sells more tickets. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there was like a, a Piper band. They're playing in Milwaukee. Uh, you, have you heard of them? They're called the Red Hot Chili Pipers. But uh, I have heard of them. Yeah. And, and you know what, man? I pr I think I did a festival with them. Whatever it is about the names, uh, names of bands over here, they're like, how can we? How, how how can we inco incorporate some sort of shitty pun in this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're playing the bagpipes, and they're all uh, from uh, Glasgow, and they're all Rangers fans, you know. And they're all they're playing this Irish <laughs> festival. <laughs> uh, oh, stop! There was an I sure uh, one of the bands that played the Irish festival I was at were two uh, two Canadian girls from like Saskatchewan or something, and they were doing some sort of what they called Celtic dancing. But I listen. I don't know. There was I, oh, actually the best one I heard. I, I played with a band at Erie, uh, Erie, Pennsylvania's Irish Festival, and it was two guys who were, you know, of Irish descent or whatever, mm. and then uh, and another guy who's an Indian guy, and they called their band Corn Beef and Curry. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that is. Amazing. They were like. I'm assuming all band members signed off on the name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is amazing. 
That's yeah. a comedy name. That is class. I wish I could. Oh, corn beef and curry. I wish I could rob that. <laughs> I wish I could rob it. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, no, they are weird. I was actually in lacrosse as well. There was a fella teaching kids how to play the tin whistle, and uh, he was like the most campest New York guy ever. Uh, Jew from a Jewish right. back Jewish background. Had no right. Irish connection, but I don't know for some reason he. He, and he was brilliant on the tin whistle. He was amazing. Like oh. I, I felt really oh, yeah? ashamed that I could have uh, calling myself Irish and looking at this uh, camp Jewish New York <laughs> Jewish guy, guy like playing circles just, around you on the old whistle. I know <laughs> uh, it was it was mm. unbelievable. I don't know why he went for that, but there you go. Um, how were how were the gigs? Because uh, when I what, what I found Kansas City now, I have to give it that was that was an amazing Irish festival that we did together a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, but that was that was an isolated event. That was a theater. That was a great gig. Every other Irish festival I've done, I've been I've been out in a tent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. Yeah, yeah, I did same in Milwaukee. I'm in a, a marquee. I was actually on a, in Milwaukee. There was a marquee with. Um, a kitchen behind me because they were doing a a, a food demonstration in that uh, tent and then I oh. come in and I had one good gig I was doing two a day as well uh, two and then uh, one one day and um, but there was a big storm uh, the first gig uh, lightning thunder and lightning lash and rain and the tent was brilliant because it was everyone had to come in out of the rain but everyone had to run into the tent <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Was, and it was going that great. Could. It was going great until uh, uh, a, a volunteer just came up t on stage. While I'm on stage, and just announced, <laughs> uh, if you're going to stay in the marquee, you do so. You do so at your own risk. Uh, we are not, uh, you know, we're, if anybody gets injured, <laughs> just made it sound <laughs> like the whole <laughs> fucking marquee was going to collapse. And like seriously, or like you. Or like you were about to whip out a gun or something. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought you. I thought you were going to say originally, and the gig was going great till the sun came out. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, that was my best one by far. Yeah, it was jam packed, and and then uh, then then there was tough ones where there were kids there, and I couldn't do some right. material, and or you know you know or some fucking band just starts up, and they're not covered in. It wasn't a covered in mark. It was the. Uh, sides of it were open so if some band started up yeah nearby, it, was, it was oh i've had that before i've had i've had uh as i'm on stage i've had bands tuning instruments behind me right yeah yeah <laughs> they're just plucking along and like this really isn't helping with my punchlines there bud Do you want to maybe i know stop on the old and uh, crazy but those are the gigs um of you know, realistically, like those are the gigs that 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 we have to do sometimes, just so we don't have to get a real job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah no. It's like it's like give me give me you know as I did last weekend, give me a hundred yelling uh, people in Miami who don't even want to hear comedy. They just want me to say some dirty words so they can <laughs> all yell like a call and response show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where like. I, I end up going horse after 17 minutes on. So I'll take that any day over having an actual job. And that's why I got into this, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. These people mm. flew me over to Wisconsin and, you know, it was fucking brilliant. I didn't care. Uh, that's great. Me up in a nice lacrosse, hotel. actually. I know why lacrosse uh, rang a bell now. They were one of the festivals that didn't respond to me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. 
They haven't responded so, to yeah. me since I did it either. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, ruined it for all of us, Joe. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I fixed it. Ah, they're, uh, no, they're nice funny. people. They're nice people, but um, yeah, yeah there's, it was a lovely town actually. I found a good record shop there as well. It was it was pretty good. It's on the Mississippi oh, nice. as well. There's a there was a big uh, uh, one of those old boats with the paddle thing like in tom sawyer anyway i'm sidetracking here anyway uh but uh, ah, sure. so when you travel around america then would you find it uh have you gone way down south to to the like texas that kind of alabama oh yeah uh, yeah, yeah I, I figure at this point i've done i've done comedy in over 30 states oh. and uh yeah and uh a lot of the south actually because florida is obviously right down at the bottom so mm. I first started touring around the southeast. Um, it was actually Houston, Texas was where I got my first uh, kind of break, so to speak. That's where I, I uh, auditioned for a competition called Stand Up NBC. And uh, from there, I got picked to do, uh, I got picked to audition for The Tonight Show. And that's how I ended up on Jimmy Fallon. Oh, sorry, tell me, that's, how did that happen again then? So you... Yeah, I took part in a competition called Stand Up NBC, which is like right. a nationwide they hold five prelim, prelims across the country. Right. And I, I got picked to do... Oh, this is great. I got I submitted and I got picked to audition in Charlotte, right? Okay. Uh, which is North yeah. Carolina. Um, but that weekend I couldn't go because I was at an Irish festival in Frankfurt, New York. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Eating sausages. So, yeah, eating the old Polish sausage. Mm. <laughs> uh, so I so I rescheduled and they gave me an audition in Houston. So the five the five cities for the auditions were uh, New York, Chicago, Las Vegas, Houston, and Charlotte. And Houston was the very last one. So it was the only other one I was available. So I went to Houston. I did the audition. Uh, the first it was a two minute audition. So I basically flew to Houston to do two minutes of stand up wow. comedy. Right. Wow. Did the audition. Went great. And it was just comics. It was just other comedians auditioning in the room. But stand-up NBC is like a, a diversity competition, right? Yeah. So I think what happened was out of the 100 or, or whatever, 150 or whatever people auditioning there, uh, I was the only one with any sort of accent that wasn't American, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm in this room. I'm doing an audition. And there's three judges. And there's tw- like 30 comedians and, and, and the three like industry judges. And... Uh, and I get up, and I think as soon as I got on stage, people, were, the comics were kind of tentative, you know? They were like, uh, everyone's worried about their spot. Are they moving on? Are they getting picked, you know? Mm. And then I think as soon as I got on stage, it, it, like, I, I, like, I broke them a little bit because they were just like, well, I mean, look, he's not going to be taking my spot, <laughs> you yeah, know? Right, yeah. there's, no, there's no way he's in the same category as me. Because yeah. there was no one else like me in the show. They were either going to move me on or they weren't. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, so I went up. I had a great audition. I moved on to the semi-finals. They picked eight to go to the semis the following night. I do the semi-final, and I I know I just had such a good feeling. I had a really good set. Yeah. And one of the judges was the booker for Jimmy Fallon. Oh. So I get back to New York on the Sunday, and I get a message from him uh, on Facebook of all places asking me if I wanted to audition for. Uh, the Jimmy Fallon showcase on Tuesday, the following Tuesday, and if I could send him a five-minute transcript of my set. Now, the good news was he'd already seen my set twice, so he could kind of say, okay, 
this stuff is all good. Don't do that joke. You know that sort of yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so that's what happened. Oh, I sent them the nice. transcript. Yeah, it was it, the timing was crazy because they only hold that Fallon showcase once a year. Yeah. And he literally and he literally saw me three days before it. Wow. You know. Wow. So if I had gone to Charlotte, so technically I got on Jimmy Fallon because that of the like Irish Jimmy. Festival in Frankfurt, New York. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. And I have Frankfurt to thank. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, yeah. So then. Uh, you got books for Jimmy Fallon from that. Um... Yeah, three months after the, I'd say about three months after the audition showcase to the date is when I ended up on Fallon. Right. And between, um, did you know, how, how long in advance do you know you're, you're actually going to be on Jimmy Fallon? <clears throat> uh, they told me about a month in advance. A month in advance. And then yeah. are you, uh, ha- do you know your exact set that you're going to do from that far out, or are you honing it, or what, what's going on there? The, there, were, there were definitely some changes along the way. Yeah. Uh, originally, they were not, uh, the booker was not sure that my uh, uh, my closer, the bit where I talk about Spirit Airlines, yeah. they didn't know if their lawyers would okay it. So mm. for the first, before I, I flew back to Ireland for Christmas, um. So before I flew back to Ireland for Christmas, I was workshopping a set with a completely different closer in there. And um, then as I'm lying, I, and I was, I was dicey about the other closer. I just felt like it was a newer bit. And I felt like I'd been doing this other one a bit longer. And I felt more, it was more polished or whatever. Mm. Uh, like I could, I could say it while being punched in the face and still <laughs> deliver it right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh and uh yeah so and then i'm lining up for the bus to the airport to fly back to ireland for christmas and i get an email from the booker and the title of the email just says holy shit balls <laughs> right yeah and it, and in the email he goes the lawyers are after okay in that joke uh you just need to take out this word uh here and then you're good to go wow. and yeah yeah so when i came so basically that completely changed uh, my whole Irish trip because I was stressed mm. leading up to leading up to that. I was stressed. You're worried about every little thing, and and you're trying different things out, and you're watching the clock count down to your, mm. you know, late night debut. And yeah, so once I got back to Ireland, I just got to, I got to tour, do the four shows, relax, catch up with family, mm. and then I got back to New York, and I basically had two weeks to just run the set. Yeah. Um, until it aired. Interesting story. I actually left out a joke in my Tonight Show set. Oh yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like. It's only like a two or three sentence thing, but I like completely skipped over it. And didn't know. Like, didn't know, or did you know when you after you'd done it while you're on the the second I started saying the sentence uh, for my closing joke, I was like, "Yep, yeah, you just skipped the joke." <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. And they had they had the cue cards. Uh, they had a cue card there, which was basically just five words for my five jokes, okay? Yeah. And uh, as soon as I skipped it, it's so funny because I've watched it back a bunch of times. I look so composed yeah. on on the taping, but there was a moment in my head where I'm just going, oh, boy, do I get back to this? Do I not? And yeah. I was like, no. I was like, no, the time will be fine. Finish on your closer, get off. But yeah, <laughs> I just like... Wow. I even it was the, the only time I looked at the cue cards for the entire set was to confirm that I just skipped over a joke. 
That's that's mad. <laughs> Dude, that, that is unbelievable. Okay. I, I, you know, the, all that shit is going on in your head while you're yeah doing yeah. this little life changing set. You know what I mean? It it's so funny because they gave me the cue card, uh, the the cue card from the set to bring home with me. Yeah, and uh, we we're making jokes about how I have to cross the one off in the middle because I skipped it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, that's yeah. mental! Well, yeah, you you held it together. That that's fantastic. But I suppose, yeah, yeah. So, but you felt you felt more confident having that closer then that you wanted to do. And yes, then, absolutely. Yeah. That that was like the a bit that I've been running and ha- had been going great for me for a while, and mm-hmm. and it was one of those things where like you know so much there's so much goes through your head when you're doing something like this. You know, mm-hmm. I was like there was even a part of me that was like, do you even want to? You know, certain topics, like, because it is a joke where I reference airlines, you know, and mm. I'm like, ah, it, it, you know, am I going to get flack for doing a joke that covers, you know, a topic that people are like, ah, it's been beaten to death. But then you just kind of like, you, you get out of that headspace and you just go, well, listen, every topic's been done. All I can do is try to offer my unique perspective on something with my own spin on it. Mm. So you kind of, you rationalize it that way and then and you know and, and then i so i felt good about that and then there was other stuff where it kind of gets back to what we were talking about earlier where i was like do i really want to do lean too heavily on the irish side of things but then if you like you watch back the set it's kind of like yeah it's like references to uh, it but it's mostly observation like yes the irish restaurants in america are, are you know this way or yes it is strange to me that i get you know treated uh well whereas other immigrants in america do not you know and it just kind of like so it is it's more like you can't overthink these things you just have to go with your gut and and follow follow and and go with what your perspective is you know yeah well i mean this is your life this is this is your yeah perspective on and yeah it's the life you're living so it was good it was good to reference the whole immigrant thing especially the way things are, are in america at the minute so yeah yeah i was glad i got to i was glad i got to do that because that was one of those jokes that i wasn't even sure at first i was like are they going to be i love the joke but i was like are they going to uh are they gonna allow me to do it you know are are they are are they just gonna be like eh maybe just stay away from the whole topic of immigration but i'm glad i got to do it because it is genuinely my perspective too where it it is interesting you know i people will talk to me over here you know they they do they they like feel comfortable complaining about other immigrants yeah i'm standing here like sure i was illegal for a year and a half <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> what's know. the what's the difference you know is yeah. it is it like is it like you know is that your approach to immigration where it's like we like the legal ones it's like well i was you know was it like you didn't like me and then the day i got the green card you're like ah you're cool now do you want yeah. to put life you know like what the fuck I don't know, man. I know, and even the, the terrorist thing, and even in England now, sure, people don't seem to have forgotten that we were the terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> trickery, uh, trickery uh, in pints. I know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, so did you, like, I had, suppose you arrive in the studio, or are you, are you put into a little dressing room on your own then, or like, how long are yeah. you in there? yeah. Or? I actually had two two dressing rooms uh, side by side, two small dressing rooms side by side. Um, I shouldn't say small; they were fine. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they were. I just realized I was like trashing them. No, they were they were spacious. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I had one. 
I had one for because uh, my parents flew over for the taping. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they're in, they in so the audience. I, yeah, so they were in the audience for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, More pressure. Yeah, so they had. Nah, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but actually, actually, of all the things that had had additional pressure that day, that was that was not one of them. No. Uh, because my dad has seen me like a uh, hundred. Any time my dad is within uh, four hundred miles of me doing a comedy show, he's there. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, very, very supportive altogether. But yeah, so they flew over and uh, and uh, the missus was there. So my parents and and, uh, and the missus and then uh, my two of my closest friends were all kind of uh, had had one room and then I had the other room, but I was in and out, you know, so I kind of um, mm. could decompress yeah. whenever I felt the need to. Uh, which was basically, I mean, my version of decompressing was just drinking about 46 bottles of water, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just chugging water. And, um, yeah, so, uh, Jimmy had, Jimmy Fallon had to fly out the next, right after the taping, uh, because he was doing a benefit thing in Puerto Rico and the whole show was running late. But what I loved about it was even though the show was running late and he had to get out immediately afterwards to fly out. He he basically delayed everything and made time to stop in and to chat to me in 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 the dressing room for a couple of minutes. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, yeah. He talked to me. He talked to me about. Uh, brought up his old Hal Roach record. Oh, yeah. and, uh, oh Hal Roach! Jesus, really? Yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, mm. and I was telling him that there's actually that when I was home for Christmas, I was I was approached by a couple of people from my parish, who it turns out. Uh, they found they traced Jimmy Fallon's heritage back to Kilo, my little village in Longford. Oh no way! Yeah, 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 Jeez. yeah. They sent on the, the 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 whole the old tree, the diagram of it too. So I uh, I was able to leave that with him. And then yeah, the only other thing we talked about is he said to me, uh, uh, he <laughs> when we first came up, he goes, "I hear you're one of the the, the funniest comedians to come out of Ireland." And I said, "I should." There's only six of us. <laughs> nice. But he was obviously being nice and just hadn't done his research. <laughs> and what did he say uh, to you at the end there? Like he, he came on and he seemed to, he, he gave you a bit of a oh, yeah. joke there. And... Yeah. He came up to me afterwards and he goes, uh, he goes, uh, uh, brilliant. Uh, I can't wait to have you back, which ah, was very nice. That's yeah. Nice. That's nice. Man, yeah, I was just standing. You know, it's so funny. I have to tell you this, Joe. There's so many things that like go that that like little tips and stuff that they give you that you're meant to do when when you walk out there. You know, or, or certain things. Uh, and I don't know. Like as soon as I walked out there, I'd say I blacked out for the first forty-five seconds. I'm not even lying. Mm. Like I got out there when I watched my step back. Um, like everything's there the composure is there there's no flubbed words nothing like that mm. but even for the first joke i'm just like man why are you talking so slow <laughs> you know, really, you know yeah. what i mean and it was yeah it's just because i uh i did legitimately like black out when i walked out there the adrenaline spike i was just like because because before you go out you're standing behind that that blue curtain mm. and it's almost like complete darkness you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah and, yeah. and then the curtain pulls back and you just walk out. The lights. It, man, yeah. it, it's the most surreal thing I ever went through. Like afterwards, I, was, I, I, went, to, I went to grab some food and, uh, with, with, the, with the crew that came to the show with me, the, the family and all that. 
and <laughs> I couldn't concentrate on a conversation, you know? No. You were <laughs> they, just... They'd be saying something to me, I'd be just like, and all I'm thinking is, I was just on the fucking Tonight Show. You yeah, know yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah what the you, other, so get, that's what you should oh, sorry, have said to them. I was just on the Tonight Show. Yeah. Talk to you. Yeah. Yeah, you'll have to give me a minute. Yeah. But some of the pointers that they gave, like, he's um he's telling me about like line of sight like okay you never want to look directly into the camera and you want to kind of scan around this 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 row right here of the crowd yeah. and uh honest to god man i've no idea where i was looking the whole time i was out there <laughs> you yeah, know yeah it, it, all i know is it comes across fine on tape but i have no idea what i was doing <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 uh, it must be unbelievable and so hopefully you get back well he said he said he'd have you back i mean has it has it changed uh, your career now, like a, a obviously, like a, a as far as bookings are concerned and all that. Yeah, uh, bookings have gotten a lot, a lot easier. I'm uh, as I said, I'm move. I'm in Florida for three weeks now, and then I'm moving out to LA. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so once I get to LA, the plan is um, get kind of look into the management side of things maybe get that taken care of because I, yeah i haven't even like i haven't even researched getting a manager yet i've just kind of been relaxing for the last month you know yeah taking the old taking the old foot off the gas but uh no i've just been i've just been focusing on bookings thankfully the bookings have been coming in um i, I got a few offers for bits and pieces back in ireland too that i'm kind of uh i have on the back burner i'm just trying to schedule some things around a around a trip home but right. um yeah, I'll I'll probably be back for the Vodafone Festival if you're out there. Oh yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, do it every year. Good so. stuff. Well, I presume I can't say I have been booked. I've been there every last seven or eight years. So yeah, good stuff. Good yeah. stuff. We'll be able to we'll be able to catch up there. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, and then I have some stuff. I have some stuff out. And you said you're going out to Asia, right? I'm going to Hong Kong in uh, March. Yeah, uh, for a week. Yeah, Hong just Savage. Hong Kong this time. Yeah. Are you going abroad as well? Or? I'm actually going. Yeah, I got. I have a, a mini uh, tour booked out in in Asia. In oh, uh, yeah, are you? Is that with Aiden Killian, fellow called Aiden Killian? No. No, I know Aiden, but All I'm right. not doing it with him. Actually, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine is getting married out in uh, out in Vietnam. So I booked a, a like a week long tour. I'm doing gigs in Bangkok and Sin- Singapore, and uh, nice. I think. Uh, a couple other Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh, and yeah, and then I'll be, All I'll right. be in relaxing in uh, in Thailand for the week for his for his wedding. Ah, uh, nice one, nice one. And I saw you did the, yeah. you did the comedy store in LA, didn't you? I did, yeah. I did a roast battle at the comedy store. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. Did I tell you that I'm the number one? Uh, I'm the number one ranked roaster in New York. Oh. You were talking about that. Yeah, you, you asked me. But I didn't know you were the number one roast. Yeah, I. Jesus, you, yeah, I won that. I won that back bastards. in November. <laughs> you know, I'm a mean <laughs> fucker. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Ash, it's funny because it just like I think it just comes so naturally to us in Ireland. It is. It's like kind of ingrained in us. It's sort of like just part of the 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 way we are. Some people, you know, obviously you can't speak for everyone, but. Some people will almost get offended when you be slagging them over here, whereas we just like it. I, I, so, something to me about growing up in Ireland and the Irish culture and the school system and everything. It almost to me felt like wasn't it the way where if some if you made fun of someone and they took it poorly, they just they just got worse, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was it kind of so the 
so so we kind of learned the skills of of slagging and slagging banter at an early age. There's a name for it, so yeah. But yeah, uh, I only did I did a roast in Galway, but the girl I was doing it with didn't want to roast me. She only wanted to compliment me, so it was a bit. Um, it was it, that's yeah. It's a bit weird when you're trying to slag someone <laughs> and they're <laughs> telling you you're brilliant. Yeah, uh, that's funny. Yeah, that is a bit weird uh, to to take. Uh, to take the idea for a type of show and to go, you know what? I'm going to do the exact opposite. <laughs> right there. It might have worked. It might have worked. Actually, it just made me look like a real bastard. To be honest, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's not roasting, is it? It's. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'd love to try it again. Yeah. But they're fun. They're fun. It it uh it's definitely uh it's definitely a different skill um. But yeah, I started doing that coming up through in New York and doing that at the stand. And I got to, I got to like the final four of their big tournament that they hold. And then, uh, yeah, after that, I just kind of, I went down and I, I won the belt. And then I just kind of like, I don't know, I'm, I'm leaving New York now. So uh, if anyone, uh, if anyone listens to the, the Potteroonie from uh, Comedy Fight Club in New York, you just found out that I'm not going to be defending the belt. <laughs> right, okay, breaking news, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there it is. There's the breaking news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and did, did you find, I was going to ask you, because you were talking about, I was asking you about going down south and going around about it. Is there a, like a, a change in, you know, the, the idea that, are, are people offended more easier? I don't know if you're doing university. Do you do universities or whatever? So I've just, just started cracking into yeah. the bit of college work. Yeah. Um, you know, no matter where you go, college students are, are statistically going to be the most sensitive crowd, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, I mean, you know the way it is. If you don't, if you don't have your own, uh, if you don't have your own fan base, you're, you know, you're, you're at the mercy of whoever you're performing for, it almost seems like, you know? Yeah. And, and the best thing to do, obviously, uh, <laughs> can also be, which can also be the, worst thing artistically to do is to just play it safe with your act you know oh yeah yeah i think so you have to let rip yeah i mean look right i i don't know i haven't done colleges in a while i mean i'm old enough to be the grandfather of most uh, <laughs> college so i don't think my material mm. well it's very hard i wouldn't have thought it was anything to do with being sensitive well i find it's very hard to relate to people who haven't done anything they haven't had a big relationship br- they haven't right in the world so a lot of stuff the frustrations of life that you're trying to talk about they they have sure fucking experienced that that's my that would be my problem with doing colleges so now anyway but you know. uh, yeah i agree that 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 is a factor but then there is also the i mean there's also the sensitivity factor for sure because you see these things uh you know the 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 safe spaces and all this kind of yeah. stuff that's coming out now or which is like I understand. Um, oh, you know, it seems it seems like such a such a reasonable request, you know, with, to say, oh, you know, just don't uh, don't promote hate speech. And they're like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. But then it's this: what really confuses me is this whole idea of like, uh, oh, but you're bringing up trigger words, or you're bringing up which, yeah. all right, okay, it could, because it's like, okay, well, I'm actually like. I'm on your side of this with whatever I'm talking about, yeah. but you're saying I, I can't even talk about that topic now because it might 
trigger someone emotionally or you know what i mean yeah that's it's the, like that's the bullshit about it like you, you've got yeah to, i mean I, that's what com- comedy is about going for the topics that are sensitive and laugh exactly at them and that's that's a release that releases the tension yeah. you know and if you can't go there i've only had it happen one time i was in uh, leeds in the, in the uk where i was talking about uh going to a not going to a strip club because it's like going to a restaurant where you don't eat the food you just throw money at the food right and, uh, just and then you yeah. to go into a room and stay at dinner for half an hour but i like the girls started getting all weird like i actually said are, you, are you okay because <laughs> she seems to be, uh, crying or something and uh she <laughs> and uh, do you know what I was doing? It was a Father Ted night, so the next thing I was doing was a lovely girls competition. But these uh, people hadn't these. You know, there was just a few people. These upset people hadn't never didn't know there was I. It was an ironic thing, so they thought I was actually about to do a beauty contest. You know, like so uh, it all went pear shaped. But uh, and then I think some, some of them were. They had to leave because they were actually uh, uh, physically threatening me. It was a little fellow with dreads, a white fellow with dreadlocks. Mary what? Just going, it's, uh, not, no, it's just... going, he's going, it's not the 70s, mate. It's not the 70s. <laughs> you should have... Uh... You should you should have called him out for his haircut. Told him it's cultural appropriation. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> if I was a rasta, I would have punched him in the face. <laughs> but uh, oh, man. yeah, that's well, the only good, time, the good yeah. news. The good news is, Joe, if that's the if that if that's the most controversial your career gets, I think you're going to be all right. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> know yeah, uh, yeah, it's not. I I get a little bit here in Ireland with the I do thing about Jesus and I I, I know that we're all liberal here, but there's, there's still people. Yeah. Like, oh, you can't you can't say anything about Jesus now. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You, you know what it is though. It's just yeah. like I I have a whole I have a whole routine I do about the Pope, and uh, <laughs> but it's the whole it's it's that like uh, you're you're trying to. You know, you you want to say the joke you way the way you want to say it, and you want you know to get your facts across, mm. but you you kind of feel like you, your audience are almost making you dancing around because as soon as they hear a topic, yeah, they're like, wow, well we shouldn't we shouldn't be enjoying this now, you know? No, and we shouldn't. Be. <laughs> my whole my whole my whole thing about the Pope is just that this guy is the only Pope in history to actually have a difficult job, <laughs> you know, okay. like. It was basically handy for all the rest of them, and now this guy's coming in like day one. This is gonna be the shit. Everyone loves the Pope, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, it just turns on him. That you know, and and it's just like I, I don't know. How do I? Uh, I, I, I can I just do I just do you want me to just stay away from that topic and just get over here and talk about pizza or something? You know? Yeah. And and would you have <laughs> would you have the uh, so you you know if you do the mid southern areas of, of america is the bible belts what they call it do they do you yeah have that kind of uh you can't talk about that kind of stuff in you a... know what's strange is that the, uh, sometimes i the more i travel around this country the more i am like you cannot write anyone off because mm. i did i've done shows sometimes it's uh uh the liberals right now, like the super liberal side, will get really uncomfortable 
mm. about certain topics or they'll close up in here. They don't want to hear that. And, and, and the thing I'd say about those, some of those like Southern towns is sometimes they're able to laugh at themselves, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. I, if I told you the character, I did, I, I did this character one time where it basically, you know, I talk about uh, people, you know, impersonating my accent or whatever, you know, when they, when they first meet me or, and, and, would they would ask me to do you know someone asked me to do an american accent one time yeah. and i do and i do this character on stage that's uh, what i call this southern guy who's pro life but he's so pro life that he makes all of his pro life friends uncomfortable right <laughs> and, and i'm up there and i'm yelling in this southern accent about how like you know crazy stuff like a baby's heartbeat starts at ejaculation and all this <laughs> stuff right like just going, going to town at it. And I did that in like Oak Ridge, Tennessee one time. I've done it in Huntsville, Alabama, which actually is funny enough, a little bit more liberal. Um, and uh, I've done it in these towns and they just like, they crack up because it's it's clearly an absurd character, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas sometimes you could do that maybe up north a little bit more and they're just, they, even though they, they might be, you know, they could be pro-choice. For some reason, it doesn't hit with them as well. So you just never know, man, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, and it's the whole thing of people getting offended for, for other people, you know. Exactly. You know, it's, um, yeah, the outrage culture or whatever. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it was. hopefully, I'd love to uh, do a few gigs with you. Uh, uh, right, well, I just want to ride on the coattails of your success, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? It went well. It went. Uh, it went so well the last time. Well, we, we should. Uh, we should try putting together. We should try putting together a run over here in the states. And if you wanted to, if if uh, if you wanted to get out and really see the country, which I love, because like even in in like places like the south, the more uh, the more towns I visit, the more I realize it's not that the south. Is really is really conservative. It, it's every state, the cities are liberal, and you know the countryside is conservative. That's just the whole country. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. So there there are some beautiful towns in the south. I really like. So what we should do is we'll get you out here and we'll put together a tour. Um, maybe we can do this follow through in this real Irish comedy tour or something, and just uh, b- bounce around, do a few gigs, see the country, have a bit of banter. You know? I'd love to do that. I'd really love to go down mm. south. I'd love to go down south. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, I'd love to do that. That'd be amazing. So, and it's it's recorded now, so that's a contract. What's <laughs> <laughs> your while we're while 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 we're doing the contract, bring the young fella out, get his band out here. Oh we'll yeah, well I'm them. trying to get them out to LA. Yeah, uh, they they did a tour with an LA band uh, uh, over Christmas, and uh, savage. The plan was that the now that these lads would go to LA and tour around. Well, it, not just LA, but California, I suppose. Yeah. Do you know? I saw that. I saw it. Uh, I saw the band's tour poster. I think for over Christmas and. Uh, uh, they were they were doing some gigs in Ireland, right? Yeah, it was around as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was looking at the venues and I thought these lads are doing very well for themselves. They're playing all the same venues I am. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or did they, they do Whelan's or the Roisin or Whelan's, the Roisin, Crane Lane, Cork, uh, yeah, Spirit Store, Dundalk, and somewhere. Right. Else. Oh, we did Clears in Kilkenny. That was a bizarre one. That was probably the best. It was like a movie type event where. There's no one in the venue. There's no one there except like some old fella, 
uh, right. smoking a pipe or whatever. And uh, <laughs> then while they were on, a busload of beautiful young American girls just filled up the pub. And I, I was going, there's a gig on inside in the back. And they all came in. They loved the band. They're like, oh, my God, they're so beautiful. You know, it was amazing. Wow, <laughs> that's great. Fan, fans for life for the boys. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great, uh, great. Uh, it was good. It was good. So good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try and get the band over and if uh, and come over with them. So, but sure, I'll be keeping contact anyway. But thanks a lot and good luck. Uh, it's uh, listen, just amazing. First Irish comedian on Jimmy Fallon. It's it's amazing. It's it's amazing. Yeah, and I have like a, I don't know if has it caused a buzz over here as well. I I think more people should know yeah. about it. You know. But, yeah, it's it's gotten at me a decent bit of uh of of press over there you know it took off on the the radio going saw, over yeah, and i was joe getting hit up. did a thing on it as well yeah, yeah. joe.ie and i was mentioned uh, uh ian dempsey and yeah I, I did a couple of interviews with 2fm and uh, uh and today fm and all that stuff and yeah it has caused a bit of a buzz i i i've been in i've been reached out to by a couple of people involved in uh in television back home i won't give away the the details yet because i yeah. haven't uh commit committed to a date for anything but mm. yeah i've been talking to a couple of tv people over there and sure we'll see if the timing's right but i'm also not in a rush to do any of that because you know i, I kind of i'd like for it to fit the schedule because realistically ireland is is uh you know is home and i love it but it's such a small market compared to the states where yeah. this is where i can really like uh make a living you know yeah yeah ireland ireland kind of feels like I, you know, I love going home and I love doing gigs there, but it's kind of like, well, sure, if you do Vicar Street, is that really, <laughs> is, is that kind of the height of it, you know? Ah, yeah, sure. Well, it's about, mm. well, as you say, it's about uh, half of one state in America. So if exactly, that, yeah. Well, if that, actually, I don't know. But um, yeah. All right. Well, cool. Thanks for taking the time to have the chats and. Uh, uh, oh, absolutely. Sure, sure. I'm only here sunning myself in Florida, so oh, I had all yeah. the time in the world. Oh, you bastard. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's <laughs> a joke. Yeah. Great chatting to you, mate. Yeah, nice to have um, you, Sean. Yeah. yeah, we'll catch up again soon, all right, mate? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, all right. Cheers. Good luck. Bye. 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 Yeah, Sean Finnerty there. That was great, crack. Now, before you feck off, I'm going to give you my gigs. Yes, I'm going to tell you my gigs coming up. I'm going to, yeah, the 15th of February, I'm in Bray with Patrick McDonnell. And uh, on the 23rd of February, I'm in Bray, I should say, in the festival, the comedy festival in the 15th, right, in, in Bray, at the Martello, I think. And uh, the 23rd, we're in Dicey's. Me and Patrick as well in Ballyshannon. Dicey's in Ballyshannon, up in Donegal. That one has sold like hot cakes. It's sold. And also on the 26th of February, we're in the concert hall in Limerick. And on the 28th of February, I am in the Blue Haven in Kinsale. Just me. Uh, where else am I going to be? And then the 8th of March, myself and Patrick are in clears in kilkenny now we've just did a new show um uh myself and patrick called culture warriors so that's what i'm gonna be going for in this year it's a it's got sketches in it 
uh, we'll be adding to it as it goes along but we did it in the Viking and Clontarf it went down really well so uh, that's that's going to be the thing for this year because uh, uh, we're going to be doing the 22nd 23rd of March as well and the Dolmen in Carrick Mines and uh, and the 29th in oh, in Sligo but I can't remember the name of the bar but fucking Anderson's I think bar um but that's it yeah so um you can you can catch me anyway the date i'm gonna put the dates up on www.joerooneycomedian.com or on the uh, joe and pat page that's on facebook though yeah you're probably not listening now you're just gone now fuck you then fuck you for fucking turning off before the end of the podcast anyway thanks to headstuff for hosting the podcast thanks for everybody for listening and you can uh, uh, i don't know what's coming up i don't know who i'm going to be interviewing but it's going to be see you bye hey if you've had a bladder leak today listen up I get it. I tried pills and pads for years but couldn't find relief until I found Axonix Therapy. It's a tiny device that put me back in control of my bladder. Why not see if it could work for you? Visit findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com.